This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we're going to continue to talk through the Long Hollow Revival, and very specifically today, I'm excited to hear uh, what you're going to talk through it is how the revival has changed you, Pastor Robbie, as a preacher and as a pastor. A pastor. Yeah. As a pastor and preacher. So these are things that uh, over the last, how many months has it been now? Four months? Uh, five months. Five months. Five months. Uh, I'm never good at math. I'm always going to get those wrong. About but months, yeah. <laughs> over the Sorry. last few months. It really seems like it's been five days. I mean, it has flown by. And at the same time, you think of all that God has done, and it seems like it's been 10 years at the same time. Wow. So yeah. I can only imagine how it has uh, affected you personally and how it's kind of uh, changed the way you interact with yeah. the Lord as he's directing you to write sermons and as he's directing you to preach sermons. And, and really, I think probably, maybe you'll get to this, as he directs you in the middle of a sermon. Yeah, And those are all things that, as someone who sits under your preaching each week, the thoughts go through my mind. Oh, I wonder how he has, because uh, I've seen your sermon preparation. You've taught extensively on it. You've written a book on preaching called Preaching for the Rest of Us. Yeah. And uh, you co-wrote that book. And and then you've also uh, do a series, kind of a teaching training series through our Replicate ministry, where you teach people uh, uh, online how to, how to preach the Word. And all those things have yeah. been extremely helpful. But I think what God has done over the last five months has has radically impacted the way you now preach the word. So I think let's just start right there. What what are some things you would say? This is maybe it's changes, maybe it's little shifts. Yeah, uh, big big, big changes. Big by the changes. Way. Okay. Big, big changes. Big changes. Yeah. So um, obviously, whenever you have a season of spending time in the presence of God. Uh, there, there's a, there's an intense season, which we have been through. And I think we're coming out of that intense season yeah. uh, of the Lord. And obviously you, you got to re- remember revival does not last forever. I mean, just the intensity of it doesn't right. last forever. The repercussions go on mm-hmm. for legacies and, and, and generations. Eternity. Yeah, yeah. Eternity. That's right. Yeah. It changes things for eternity, but you'll see the after effect of the, the, the fire of God right. for, for years to come. So I think we're coming to that, but here's what I want to share with you. A couple of things the Lord has done in my life, mm-hmm. which I will not go back to the way things used to be. And I don't think you can, I don't mm-hmm. think you can, when you, when you really experience God, the way we have, you can't go back. Right. Okay. So here's the first thing that has changed, which is really crazy for me to say these things. Cause uh, remember, I have um, I've gone to school for preaching. I was discipled uh, by David Platt. I was taught how to preach by uh, Jim Shaddix, who taught David Platt. I was taught by Tony Marita, who's a preaching professor. And so I had some of the really great preaching professors in my life. Uh, I went on to get a PhD in preaching, expository preaching. And I only say that to say I have studied preaching for eight and a half years. Mm. Okay. And you've I'm been a, practice, practicing preaching. Yeah. Yeah. I've been practicing <laughs> preaching for 17 years. For 17 years. For right? se, uh, seven, 18 years, 18 really. Because so I started preaching shortly after becoming a Christian. So, but I'm telling you, I have grown personally as a preacher and teacher of the word 
more in the last six months, five months than I have in, in, in a, long, a while. Wow. And I'll tell you this. So if you're a preach, if you're not a preacher saying, what in the world I want to listen to this podcast? Well, let me tell you something. We want to teach you. I want to teach you what, what you should expect from your pastor, mm. because a lot of people have a lot of expectations from the pastor. They need to be doing this, 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 and this. Yeah. If you're a preacher, hopefully, or a pastor, you'll learn some things to help you in the days ahead. Okay, so the first thing I want you to see, and this is something I learned, and this is, I use this to give credence to starting a prayer ministry in your church, uh, but I'm also going to use it to show you how you should devote yourself to preaching. When the apostles were questioned why they weren't serving tables mm -hmm. for the widows who were being neglected, mm -hmm. they said to them, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to ramp up the ministry team, uh, Acts 6, verse 4. We're going we're gonna to ramp up the volunteer service team. No, that's not what they said. They said, we're going to uh, devote ourselves. We're not going to do anything. Actually, we're not going to serve anymore. We're not going to go out and visit anymore. We're not going to wait on tables anymore. We are going to, as the pastor, teacher, leader of the church, the bishop, mm -hmm. elder, presbytos, we're going to devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, here's what's interesting. That word prayer, we said this before, is a definite article mm -hmm. in front of the word prayer. So the definite article is the word the the prayer. So it's actually, we will devote ourselves to the prayer and the word, the ministry of the word, which you can make the case for, we're going to devote ourselves to a preaching service of worship mm -hmm. in ministry of the word, and we're going to devote ourselves to a prayer service. So your pastor, if you're a pastor or if you're, you're at a church, they can do a lot of other things, but if they're not doing these two things, they're not doing the very thing these men devoted their life to, which was a prayer service gathering and a ministry of the word gathering. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have given myself to the ministry of preaching. Uh, I used to tell people I would prepare 15 to 20 hours a week. At one time I was preparing wow. 15 to 20 hours mm -hmm. a week to preach a 45, 50 minute sermon. Mm -hmm. Okay. My sermons now have come down in time and Chris is the beneficiary of some of that in the pew. Years. There's no bad short sermon. You have now, said that. There yeah. may be one, but I have. I've heard, heard some yet. bad short sermons. <laughs> uh, yes, I've yes. heard some bad short sermons, but uh, yeah, you're right. The, you know, they said the mind can only uh, take in what the butt can endure. You know, or the rear end can endure in a seat. Okay, so I get the I get all those things. But right. what I what I'm doing now is I'm preaching less for people to digest more in order to buffet time for a move of the Lord mm -hmm. through an invitation time. And it's not necessarily a come forward, respond to Jesus, although we do that. It's more of a, what is the response to what you just, mm -hmm. just heard? Maybe you need to develop a, or, or adopt a posture at your seat of prayer. Maybe you need to come on your face at the steps, make them an altar. Yeah. Okay, whatever that is. But here's the thing that I've changed. Two things, Chris. Number one is this. I used to sit for a long period of time and study for the sermon. Mm -hmm. Most pastors, if not all, that's all you do. You sit and you study for the sermon. Mm -hmm. You read commentaries, you read Bible, uh, Bible dictionaries, you read uh, Greek translations, you read interlinear, uh, you, you look at other sermons, you look at illustration books. That's the sitting to right. study part. Okay, yeah. You've done this when you've preached. Yeah. Okay. I've done that for years. I, I, I know how to do that. Uh, it's on autopilot at this point. What I did not do was simmer before I preached. Mm -hmm. I didn't simmer to study, okay? And there's a big difference. So there's a sitting to study and a simmering to study. Let me tell you the difference, okay? Or the simmering over the sermon, if you will. Mm -hmm. What I started doing 
is I put my sermon together. It's normally done by Wednesday. Okay? Right. I start working a little on Monday, a little more Tuesday afternoon, all day Wednesday. I'm just kind of sitting and thinking and preparing. And then by the time I get to Wednesday afternoon, the sermon is done mm. in its study part, the research right. part. Okay, mm. But it's not done at all. Yeah. Because the sermon now is going to be simmered over for another couple hours, mm-hmm. hours and hours and hours, so that the Holy Spirit can speak to me about what he wants me to say. Mm-hmm. And here's the difference, okay? If you ever watched national news, Chris, you've seen national news. Mm-hmm. It's CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or any one of those national news right. sources, okay? They are broadcasting general news to a broad audience, Mm -hmm. okay? So it's not going to talk about what's happening in Hendersonville, Tennessee, or Gallatin, Tennessee, or Nashville, uh, you know, East Nashville. Mm -hmm. It's going to do generally the news for the country. Right. You will listen to that from time to time. But what you want to know, most importantly, is what is happening in my town. Mm. What is happening in my community? The murder rate for Chicago is, yeah, that's, I mean, that's important. But what is the murder rate for this town? Mm -hmm. The the drought that's happening in Kansas is, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's a big deal. But what about the drought? You see what I'm saying? Even weather. National weather's great. We want to know what the weather is Mm -hmm. for our community. Now, here's what the Lord showed me. Most sermons are national news broadcast to their people. Mm-hmm. What do I mean? You're getting up and you're regur- and I've been here. You're regurgitating everything you learn from a commentary for someone else about a text and all that's good stuff. You want to yeah. get the text right. You don't want to shortcut that. Sure. But you haven't made the jump or built the bridge or as they call the uh, Duval and Hay and Hayes. Uh, building the archaeological hermeneutical bridge Mm. between the old and new. You haven't bridged the gap for the people. And it's not just knowing what's going on in the church. The Holy Spirit is a way better preacher than you and I are. Let's get that straight. He's a way better counselor. Mm. He is a way better pastor. He knows the future better than we know our own past. Mm. And he's really good at sharing some of this if you sit with him. So when we come back, I'm going to share with you how I move from just sitting to study Mm. to simmering to preach. And the simmering to preach, Chris, I think has been the game changer for me personally, for our people and for the people listening. Mm. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders, and you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to Replicate Collective. Dot com replicate collective.com 
We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. And we're back talking about how you personally, and particularly your preaching, has changed as a result of the revival here at Long Hollow. And one of the things you mentioned is before you prepared, you leaned in, you did all the, you did a bunch of good stuff. Like it wasn't like you were doing a bad job preaching before. Um, but but you're thank saying you for that. Thank that, you. <laughs> I, there are many others who would validate that, not just me. Uh, obviously, I'm a fan, but there are many. Uh, but that that preaching and time you spent preparing the sermon, um, the academic side of it, the prayer side of it, those were things you're doing. But now you've done something a little bit different, and you wanted to talk about how it has impacted the way you speak, simmering with the sermon. Yeah. And and sitting with it, uh, sitting with it is one thing. Simmering is maybe something a little bit different. So, I definitely want you to clarify that so I can understand what that looks like. And and as someone who again just attends and listens to sermons each week, uh, it changes the way I think I hear what you're preaching. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let me say it another way. There's a difference between sitting with a sermon mm-hmm. and simmering with a sermon, mm-hmm. or simmering on a sermon. Right. Okay, let me let me say two things before I tell you what I do. If you prepare a sermon in the head, your head, then you're going to preach to the head. But a sermon that is birthed in the heart, mm. in the spirit, is going to reach the heart and touch the spirit. Mm. So you just need to know that. Number two is, if the text does not move you in the study during preparation, mm-hmm. then don't expect it to move your people on Sunday during the sermon. Wow. What do you mean by that? What do I mean by that? Some of us can be like a parrot on autopilot and we can get up and preach text just like as if we're reporting the news or sharing the weather. Mm -hmm. This is a living, active book, a spirit filled book. In fact, the Holy Spirit that's going to empower you to preach Mm -hmm. is the same Holy Spirit that penned every word in the book. So he's going to preach the words he penned through you. So it's not, I'm not saying preach for emotion, but it's an emotive text. Mm -hmm. It moves people. If it doesn't move you in the study, it will not move. Believe me, it will not move people on Sunday. Now, here's the thing I want you to see. What I started doing is simmering with the sermon from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday morning, and Saturday night. So here's, here's what that means. So I started sitting and simmering over the text. I would bring the sermon to the porch at night. Mm-hmm. You hear me talk a lot about the porch, sitting with the Lord. Toward the end of the week, this is what some of the porch time is. I will think about what I just studied. I'll start thinking about, okay, what does it mean like Sunday? What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, Holy Spirit, what, what are ways I've grieved you? What are areas that I have uh, quenched your spirit? Mm-hmm. What are ways that I have set the, and man, I'm telling you, he's amazing yeah. as you sit and listen. Now you're probably saying, well, how do you hear it? He just brings things up and I'll just bring yeah. things to mind. And I'll say, nah, that's not of the Lord. Oh, yep, yeah, no, that's of the Lord. Well, I, one of the key things I'm hearing you say that is different from when I've prepared and probably when some different leaders have prepared to speak is you typically think, okay, audience need what what it what, how has the audience yes. the spirit? But what you're saying here, uh, I think, is a big difference that I probably have done less of. Is you're saying, God, what have I speak this to my heart? Holy Spirit, show me yes. specifically, because that's really where the touchstone and the resonance is going to happen with those listening, because it's happened to you. Yes, you want to you want to draw your people in, and win your people over. Uh, be vulnerable with them. Hmm. 
Show them that you're not a superhero. Show them that you're not holier than thou. Show them you're just like them. You struggle with the same things. It's really antithetical to, to the way you think it would work because you think if I share weakness, they're going to think I'm lesser than. Mm. When in actuality, when you share a weakness, it shows that you're human and it endears them more to you. Here's the second thing I want to teach you. And this is the one that has blown me away. And I still can't believe that it's continued for the past seven weeks. Now, uh, it's obviously of the Lord, and you'll know why in a minute. Uh, I was sitting with the Lord the week of the Holy Spirit series. We had just gone into it. I'd preach one sermon. I was going into the second week. And you can go back and watch the videos online to see this. The first week of the Holy Spirit series, I'm up there with my iPad, which I always have preached with for the past five and a half years here at Long Hollow and the you know seven-plus years at Brainerd. Uh, and before that, full manuscript notes. I have preached since the beginning, Chris, since 2003. I have preached with a manuscript. And I'm not talking uh, a loose manuscript. The guys in this room, Robert and Chris, will tell you, it is full-blown, word-for-word, written out. So much so that I would send this manuscript to my parents who were watching from Chattanooga, and they would call me Sunday after Sunday and say, I cannot believe now, I wouldn't read the manuscript. Don't yeah. know. I mean, this isn't Jonathan Edwards' head down reading the manuscript. Right. You can go watch some of the sermons. But it would be a manuscript where I had it there for a safety net. Mm-hmm. And many times I would glance back. But many times I would read, I mean, I would speak verbatim what I wrote mm-hmm. down. So I, I've preached the manuscript. I've walked with the manuscript. I brought it on the stage. I constantly referenced it. I constantly looked down at it. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've written a book on why you need a manuscript and yeah. should use a manuscript. But here's what the Lord spoke to me. As clear as day, I knew this was the Lord. It wasn't an audible voice. It was an internal voice. I was sitting with the Lord on Friday. Remember, simmering time, speaking about the Holy Spirit, the power of Pentecost, I think was the sermon, depending upon the power of God. And all of a sudden, Friday night, as I sat with the Lord, I heard in my head this voice. I want you to preach Sunday without notes. Mm. Now, if you're me, 2003, full manuscript, every single sermon you've ever preached, okay? Devotional, sermon, whatever. You think like I did at that time. Surely that's not the Lord. I mean, God, that has to be me. There's no way that's you, right? So I went to bed, and I just put it away. And uh, the Holy Spirit has a way of bringing things to remembrance that are important. So on Saturday morning, I normally wake up early, kind of early in the morning. I I let Candy sleep in because she's... Uh, you know, taking the kids to school early. And so I get up with the boys and I went out to my prayer shed uh, where I study and pray. And uh, I get on my knees. I was, I was going to go through the sermon like I normally do. I get on my knees. And as soon as I hit my knees, Chris, first, first thing that pops in my head. So are you going to preach without notes tomorrow? First thing in my head. And I said, really, Lord, really? And it doesn't seem like a big deal to you if you, if, if you're not, it's a me. me, it's, it's a, a big, big deal. deal. If you're a preacher, a teacher, I'm telling I you, it's a, it. it's a saying. big deal. Right, so, right. so here's the deal. I, I was bothered the whole. I mean, it really wrecked me that day. It was Saturday. What was funny about it was we had our good friends' parents, uh, mom and dad, who are church members, really spirit filled, love the Lord, believers. 
they invited us over. They had been planning this for like three months, really three years, but it culminated where we finally got a date. They were going to prepare the big old school, old school Shoney's breakfast bar. I mean, it was everything, the country ham and the sugar ham and the bacon and the biscuits, the gravy, the eggs, the I mean, everything, cinnamon rolls, you name it. They were ready to bring their pastor and wife over mm. and kids to eat. And as we're walking out the door, I said, Candy, I hate to say this, but I have got to fast today to oh, hear from God. Man. I hate to do this to these oh. poor people. I love, I love them. And she said, okay. You know, my wife at this point, she's like, okay, at this point, I don't disbelieve anything. And so we go to their house. We walk in. They're like, Pastor, we're so glad you're here. We're going to pre- you know, we're gonna feed you, and you're going to love this. And I said, well, I hate to say this, but um, I'm fasting today. What? I said, yeah, I really need to hear from God. I think the Lord wants me to preach and depend upon him tomorrow without notes. Well, this brother in our church, Jimmy, just starts welling up with tears. And he Mm. said, Pastor, I've been praying for this day for years. Mm. I said, oh, really? He said, I've been praying for you to not be so dependent upon your notes and to be totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. He gathered the family around me. It was so awesome. Kids, my kids, their grandkids prayed over me. I mean, it's powerful prayer. This family Mm -hmm. prayed over me. And so we ate, they ate, I hung out and then I was just bothered the rest of the day. So I told our our friends who our kids were playing with their kids, Hey man, we got to leave early. He's like, well, leave the kids here. You go home and sit with the Lord Mm -hmm. and I'll take care of the kids, which was such a great gift to me. Mm -hmm. So I go home, man, I must've sat with the Lord and I'm not exaggerating. I must've sat alone with the Lord for at least five hours that Mm -hmm. Saturday. And it wasn't just me talking to the Lord. It was sitting, it was thinking about it. It was listening for the Lord. And finally I went to bed and I said, all right, this is going to happen. So the next day I get up and uh, I took my Bible. I did not have a manuscript with me. Mm -hmm. I decided to put a couple little notes in my Bible. And I showed post-it you the notes. I showed you the yeah. Bible. Yeah, I didn't have any post-it notes at this point. I just had a couple circles, oh, yeah. highlights. Yeah, right. yeah, and I had the points written out yeah. in case I forgot them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I closed that up. I studied that morning. I was a nervous wreck, thinking, "Golly!" But I st- but I prayed. Yeah. I spent the whole morning. I got up uh, uh, about a forty-five minutes earlier than I normally do, and I got to the church. And instead of studying longer, I prayed longer. Went to my prayer group, which I told you about that Saturday, I mean, that Sunday morning prayer group mm-hmm. that contains about 15 men and women who pray over me before the sermon. Yeah. And when I sat down to pray, Chris, as clear as day, I hear, I hear this voice in my head. I thought I said preach without notes. Mm. And I said, Lord, this <laughs> kind, of, kind of how God and I talk. Lord, what, what are you talking about? There's, no, there's nothing in the Bible. There's yeah. just a couple notes. There's an outline. There's some right. points, you know. And the Lord really spoke to me, Robbie, I want you to preach without notes and trust me. I said, well, what do you want me to do? And we had a brand, I had a brand new Bible, which is right. in front of me now. It has nothing in it. The pages are still stuck together. Yeah. It just came back in the mail. Uh, I just got it in the mail. I said, Lord, you want me to preach with that Bible? Yes. And so the guys can tell you sitting here, came back to the office. I said, I'm going to trust the Lord. It's either going to be a great sermon or it's going to be a viral YouTube bomb. <laughs> it's going to bomb on YouTube. Uh, I got up and I was a little nervous the first service. Second service, I felt more comfortable. By the third service, I felt such a freedom. Mm-hmm. When I got off the platform, I had two different people come up to me and say, hey, today you were anointed. And I said, really? They, I, they, I said, do you know what happened today? They said, no, I just see, I just sensed an anointing on you when you preached. And I said, well, today the Lord told me to preach it on. Now, I don't know if I'm going to do this forever, but right, this right. is today. Well, it's seven weeks in. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not boasting in me at all. I promise you, because I cannot do this. But for for the last seven weeks, if you go back and look at the messages, I'm bringing just the Bible. I have a couple little notes on a post-it note pad uh, that's stuck in my Bible. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I've been depending upon the Lord. Now, here's the point as we close. I'm not saying you have to preach without notes, okay? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you need to get a word from God. And you need to do what God wants you to do. Mm -hmm. God showed me more about dependence upon the Holy Spirit with that simple step of obedience, which Mm -hmm. seems, eh, that's not really a big deal. It was a big deal for me Mm -hmm. of God saying, God showing me, you can do this, trust me, and you'll do this. And I said this before, and I want to say this one more time to you because I do think this is important for you to to study. And and in the future, we talked about doing a a series on the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, I think we're going to follow this up with a sermon series. I mean, a series that I preached that I'm going to share with you guys over the next Next couple. Yeah. Yeah, Because this has helped us as a church and me more than anything. But here's the, what I want to leave you with the volume of the spirit's voice is in direct response or direct proportion of the response time of your obedience. Let me say that again. Hmm. The volume of the spirit's voice is in direct proportion to the response time of your obedience. See, God is speaking to us every day. The question is, are we listening? And when we do hearing, how long does it take us to respond? Wow, yet another good word, another insight into how God is shaping and changing us as a church, and you specifically through this revival. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor. Uh, text it right now, the link to a friend, and, and have them listen to it. If you wouldn't mind, give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for joining us once again, and until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.